Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome into Balloon Party. You love the show. You hate the name. You hate the show. Love the name. Ooh, I don't think there's many of those out there. You love me, please. Hate Jackson, please. I think they love the effort. <laughs> I don't think I, I actually think that is the least popular option. Uh, welcome in. This is 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Many of you will only know me from my time on KMOV from 2000 through 2005. I had a full head of hair. I had hopes. I had dreams. I had a bronze skin somehow as an Irishman. I don't know what was going on. Uh, wasn't bronzer. I don't know, but th- that was what was going on. And this is Action Jackson, who was a year old when I was on KMOV. <laughs> and he likes to try to force the NBA into this show. As a matter of fact, I walk into the studio and I see Giannis is at the free throw line. Well, you change both the TVs? Yeah, well, we got to we gotta watch film, Tim. We got to know what's going on. Game film? Yeah. Pacers and Bucks. We'll break that down. I, of course, watched the Blues and Senators last night. Jackson, what did you watch? And I watched Missouri-Arkansas. I, I was watching the latter. The whole thing. Did you watch uh, any Blues and Senators? No, no. Did not Did not have a chance to watch it. I have to say something. Now, you can text in. Go ahead and get it going. 65780, your comfort service text line. What you are doing, <laughs> and then on top of it, you look over at the text line. So not only do you know what you're doing, uh-huh. but then you look at it, too. Oh, yeah. What you are doing, and I've been doing this, as I said, now I'm approaching... Wow, I'm approaching a quarter century, even though I'm only 45, of doing this in this market, television, radio, whatever the case might be. I res- I don't respect that you don't watch the Blues play. I understand not being into certain things. Right. I understand that. But I do respect the fact that you are very transparent about it and, and accept what is coming as far as your penance for not watching at all. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I watched it. And but then... do you feel an obligation since we're doing... I understand on TMA. It's a, it's a nitwit program. It's been right. a nitwit program since its inception in 2004. But now that we have a one-hour show where they let us swim in the clean, pure waters of 101 ESPN, a reputable station with Randy Carriker. I mean, we're following Randy Carriker and Michelle yeah, Smallman. Absolutely. And Dan McLaughlin was in here. You know, mm-hmm. you have BK and Ferrario, you yep. have Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, Anthony Stalt. You have this wonderful lineup, and they let us come in just for an hour. You know, they let us get out of the baby pool, and we get to come <laughs> in here. Don't you feel an obligation to say, you know what? Last night, I wanted to watch Missouri because I'm a huge Missouri basketball fan. Right. I know I'm in the minority, but I am. But since I've got this show on 101 ESPN, the home of the St. Louis Blues, absolutely, I am going to watch the Blues and Senators, especially since the Missouri game didn't start for a little while. Yeah, no, that's a it's a fair point. I have no issue with watch. Like, if it was on, I'd watch it. I just don't. It go was up. on. Well, I know it was on. If it was on in my home, which would. But that requires some effort. <laughs> and very effort. minor. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't take much. I mean, I could watch if I watched it. I don't think my knowledge, like I know who won, I know who scored. I don't think my knowledge would be much more because I don't. 
I don't get into the particulars of hockey. Like if we were to watch the whole basketball game, I could tell you what a team did well and a team did poorly. In hockey, I really don't. I really can't tell because sometimes you know. I just I disagree with I I understand where you're coming from and I appreciate the honesty. Don't mm-hmm. look at the text inbox. It's I like won't. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Just don't look at it, <laughs> Marion. I mean, an obscure reference for me, much less for you. It wasn't made like what was it made? 80, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna make a play on eighty. I'm gonna make a play on eighty-two because yep. it's gonna get me eighty-one and eighty-three. Yep, it's eighty-two. That's, is it eighty-two? I'm almost positive it's exactly nineteen eighty-two. Wow, look at you. That if you were watching the first period last night. Even if you had no idea who any of the human beings were out there on skates, you would go, "Oh, this one team is outplaying this other team." Yeah, I could. I mean, I could give you that. Okay, no doubt, All I right. could give you that. Well, there we go. Now this is. I could give you that. This is now we're making progress here. 1981, by the way. I'm sorry. All right, so I shipped it. It's still yeah. shipped it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I could make. I could do that, but I can't really. I just don't. The particulars, the strategy going into it, I really don't. Just because I never watched hockey as a kid, so. I guess I could get like learn all that stuff, but then. Well, know. why not do that? I, I mean, like... I would imagine Jamie Rivers. I can't speak for Jamie Rivers, but I mean, he played hockey all of his career, and now he's doing a show. So I imagine she's like, "Oh, well, I'm going to learn more about the Cardinals. That is my responsibility." Yeah, no, I mean, if the Blues make it to the playoffs, well, then I think they will make it to the playoffs. Then you will be flat out breaking down. I'll be watching every game. Okay, I'll be watching. I can make. I Let's can make say that the Warriors are playing the Lakers, <laughs> and there's a play-in game. And I know that can't happen based on where the Warriors are in the right, standings. Right. But let's Just say the Lakers have a play-in game, which is actually possible. Yeah, more than likely. And and then the Blues game, I don't think the schedule would work out this way. But I'm just presenting a hypothetical. Sure. Just basically to destroy you with the audience, but act like it's sincere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, that you would watch the Lakers play-in game, or let's say the Blues are playing whomever, whomever. in the first. Or they're playing Nashville. we got a first. Here we go. We're underway. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Bridgestone Arena in Nashville for game one of the well, Blues and Predators. And what are you watching? Picture in picture. I'm, I got both on my screen. I got both on my screen. Well, I don't want to miss it. I don't want, I want to know. Like, I... Legitimately love watching, especially winter go home style basketball, mm. and I, and then I would I need to, I would need to watch the Blues, so I have both both of them on my screen. Do you feel like you needed to watch the Blues last night? No, okay. no, I did not. I mean, wow, Ottawa is like one of the worst teams in the league. No, <laughs> they are they aren't very good. So yeah. I was watching it from a wagering standpoint when Shen scored the first goal. There was a look on one of the defensemen on Ottawa, like, well. We still have to play, but this isn't going to go well tonight. And I immediately went to see if I could wager on the Blues. And I don't know. I mean, listen, I know that they, they're obviously were they were minus 200. Straight up, that, that means you got to bet 200 to win 100. I know some of you are like, of course, that's what it means. But some people don't know what that means. So I'm trying to, you know, include everybody. Cast a wide net since my co-host here is alienating everybody <laughs> in the area. Uh, and I'm like, oh my God, the Blues are going to win this game and they're going to win it comfortably. And then Ottawa scores. St- I was stunned when they scored. I'm like, oh, uh, that was that, that came out of nowhere. And I'm like, eh, not bad. Blues are still going to win this game. But now the odds may have gone down and I can get a little value. Sure. And it still stayed way up there. And I'm like, I can't make the play, even though. And then I think when the Blues got up again, it just it went bad crap and it was like minus 500 i'm like okay i thought i i thought i had a little edge tonight and there is no edge but the blues dominated the game it's what you want to see uh and uh and they get a win that they should get i would imagine and as you know i i, I would imagine i don't I wonder what people think on this i i, I haven't looked at the text line yet either because i think i'll start laughing <laughs> because it's going to be unpleasant but uh 
65780. Who, who, number one, it's a two-fold question. I got a two-fold question for the audience. Who do you think will get the start on Thursday? Who do you want to get the start on Thursday? And considering they're playing the Canadiens, quite the operation they have going this year after the successful Stanley Cup playoff run they had uh, just, a, what, less than a year ago, um, that would be an opportunity from a confidence-building standpoint to put Bennington in there. I think that's what they will do, and that's what I that's what I would do if the macro play is getting him right. That's the time to do it. So that's what I would think. But I think some fans are so frustrated with him that they just don't want to see him at all. And maybe if they are going to see him, okay, have it be on a back-to-back night. There's a night off tonight. Then they get back out there. Don't just give points away. It's not like they're up by 12 points for a playoff spot. So you can't just give these things away. I don't think he's a giveaway. But my goodness, if Bennington starts and gives up like five goals against the Canadiens, that's a situation. I mean, I mean, you already say it's a situation, but then that takes it into a whole another realm. So there's my two-part question. I'm asking the people things. Uh, what do you want? What do you want to talk about? You want to talk about Ben Simmons' press conference? He finally talked. Finally gave the load. So down. you do want to talk about Ben no. Simmons? Uh, Celtics won by fifty last night. So there's that. Jason uh, Tatum. Jackson isn't watching sports. Part of doing local sports radio. And by the way, Bennington Thursday. Who so Saturday? Uh, well, is that what you think the Blues are going to do, or is that what? So it's a two-part question. Uh, what would you do, and what do you think will happen? And maybe the two line up. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's Bennington. Bennington. Well, I mean, I know my answer is Bennington, and I think they will go Bennington. But I think that's what's going to happen. I think mm. it's pretty much on the table already. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, are fans comfortable with that that being the move at this point, or is he? It's amazing. The guy who won the cup in three years, it goes that quickly. Oh, it's crazy. And then, the con- I mean, are they playing the contract, or you know, whether you do p- from a political standpoint, it's not easy to just say, "Hey, take a seat," even though Billy Huso has been clearly the better goalie in the past few months. Yes, uh, Tim. In 2019, uh, when Bennington came up, the team played differently in front of him to protect him. They are now doing that with Huso. Play like it's 2019 for Jordan again. That's from the six three six. That's the thing. There's a domino effect on it. Uh, if Binner is bad Thursday, we are in deep trouble in the playoffs. That's from the six three six. Tim, the problem is he can't stop a nosebleed right now. Keep Huso sharp. That's from the 314. This person texts in. 314 says, Huso, Huso. Uh, Tim, you should have done what I did and took the Blues minus one and a half, plus 130 odds. I did look at that, but I didn't get it um, before the game. And uh, I do regret it because that, that was the play, especially against that team. Be curious to see what the number is tomorrow night, Montreal. Montreal being what Montreal is at this particular moment. But, you know, that'll, that'll dictate, also be dictated by what the Blues do. In goal, uh, this person says Benner and Benner. See, that's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a dividing, it's a yeah. dividing topic right yeah. now in the St. Louis metropolitan area. Give him a chance to get back, get right, you know. And if you're going to do it, do it against a crappier team. Uh, yesterday, Jamie Rivers said the goalie position is pretty well set uh, on a schedule with the old schedule. Who still will be starting against Montreal? That's from the three one four. But since the rules have flipped, Bennington should be starting on Thursday against Montreal. So there you go. Uh, Tim, the contract doesn't matter. You're paying either way. That's from the 314. I agree with that in a principle. In a vacuum, I agree with that. But let's just present the obvious recent one, Matt Carpenter. 
they were playing the contract. If Matt Carpenter had those numbers and if he was making the league minimum, Matt Carpenter is making rides back and forth from I-50, on down I-55. Actually, I don't even know if he'd make the ride back to St. Louis. Right. It would have just been yeah. at I-55. And honestly, since he's in his mid-30s, he probably wouldn't even have been there. He'd right. just been let go. Right. Uh, how many chances is Bennington going to get? Look at the central standings. That's the issue. Now, there are a lot of games left. This isn't your typical mid-February situation. You have a spot where you still have two and a half months before the playoffs, but it is tight, and there is talent there. That's what when Kerber was on with us last week or two weeks ago, and he's like, it's up for grabs. But in the East, you can pretty much already tell who's going to be there. But the West, man, it's a... It's up for absolute grabs. Uh, your thoughts are always welcome. 65780. The program is called Balloon Party. Uh, I now am operating, though, as an LLC doing business as our town, also doing business as honesty and media. Yep. I'm, it's like honesty a. You like that? Love, <laughs> I bet, I bet there's that. like 500 podcasts called Honesty and Media, all of which are not honest <laughs> <Yeah>. at all. <laughs> That's why I'm saying about you. Yeah. Now. If I were your boss, I would say, hey, Jackson, if you could, watch watch, watch some of the Blues play, if you could. But here you are, and you're saying, I didn't watch it. Now, it's not like you said I was, I was just, you know, doing whatever. Right. You were watching Missouri yep. and Arkansas. Yeah. I, in the wintertime, I'm, you know, I'm watching hoops. It doesn't even have to be local teams. I, like, I just like watching hoops. So that's what I do. I mean, I don't. But I think you know, there's. I should probably watch a lot more blues hockey. Okay, so now you're starting to you're starting to come to terms with with yourself here. I think I should. It doesn't mean that I will, but I think. Oh, I should. another! I did doubling down on the honesty that will I not just, play well with the audience. I just have to be honest. I, I know I should, but I just don't see a situation where I I want to watch a, either a local team or a really good basketball matchup. Where I would say I'd rather. Well, watch would you Arkansas. consider Missouri Arkansas a really good no, basketball? No, 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 no. But that, that's what but, you were watching. That will take, but that Missouri basketball always takes precedent. I'm saying if you know there's just a really good matchup, like a one versus seven matchup, I'm going to watch. That. I'll say this regarding Missouri Arkansas, and I watched part of the second half. I wish it mattered. I wish it mattered. Oh yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't even matter. Uh-uh. It just doesn't matter. This time last year, whole different story. Right. But, but yeah, when when they're when you're out in. Late November, early December, it really sucks for the That's rest of the, the thing about losing to Kansas City. You're like, oh goodness, yeah, this is what you got. It's over. And it's now over. we're not we're not talking about something that matters with Missouri basketball again until May first. Same thing when Missouri football first year with Kelly Bryant kicked off and lost to Wyoming. It's like, yeah. oh, season's already over. In yeah, that's early uh, September. But you have an idea of just how bad the team is if that can happen. Right. And there was a loss to Liberty. So anyway, you get the idea. So you got a team here in the Blues have a legitimate chance at the Stanley Cup. Uh, but Jackson is monitoring Missouri basketball, and you know, if if had they upset Arkansas, you would have been able to flat out break it down for us. Absolutely, I would have given you the the straight skinny. All right, nicely done. Uh, all right, we will t- <laughs> six five seven eight zero is how you can text in. I don't know if I've properly sabotaged Jackson in this segment. <laughs> I felt like I did it in a way that if you didn't know I was, it was like sleight of hand <laughs> yeah, destruction. It was very okay. subtle. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just ask you some questions. Is this the answer, honestly? Uh, You are listening to 101 ESPN. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome back to 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. I did watch the St. Louis Blues defeat the Ottawa Senators last night. Gentleman standing across from me who has a Sports Center update that'll last four and a half seconds coming up in oh about ten minutes uh, did not did not 
did not, and is unapologetic about it. As a yeah, that's right. As a, as a matter of fact, all right. I, I have I, well. First off, I enjoy this. Anytime somebody texts in about Jackson's Quinn Snyder body pillow, yep. it's going to get read. <laughs> <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, would Jackson be more comfortable watching the Blues if he watched with his Justin Gage and Quinn Snyder body pillows? Yes. The answer is yes. Because and you I, do have a Quinn Snyder body well, pillow. Anytime they hire a new coach, I get the body pillow. I get season tickets. Oh, and yeah, you're going to be buying here in three months. Yeah. My Kim Anderson one I'm trying to sell at the moment. I've got now this this story here. This is college basketball. Now, I recognize I'm with many of you in the audience. I don't necessarily get all worked up about college basketball one way or the other. Maybe eventually, if the Billikens were on a heater, if Missouri was on a heater, if Illinois was on a heater, I'm in. That's where I am. That's where I, fair weather, fine, all day long. That's fine. But this story, I read it yesterday, and it's a book that when I found out about it yesterday. I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to reading. And it's written by Ian O'Connor. Some of you may be familiar with him. Columnist, I think, for USA Today. I don't know where he's writing now, but he just wrote this book. Mm. And uh, it's a book on Mike Krzyzewski. If you are a Missouri fan, one of the things that intrigues me, are you aware of this? Do you know where I'm going with this? Quinn? Yeah. Yeah. He writes about a tense relationship with Quinn Snyder. When Quinn was there, much less toward the end of Quinn's time. Right. And then when Missouri hired him. Mm -hmm. And then also, there's an excerpt, uh, and I posted this on the TMA fan page on Facebook, if you would like to uh, join in there. It's an exclusive membership. It's like joining Belle Reve. Right. Uh, Inside the breakup of Coach K and Bobby Knight's complicated relationship. That's the kind of story that actually titillates me. Legitimately does. Legitimately does. Does that interest you? Because... Oh, 100%. Okay. Two legends? Because, you know, you you were saying during the commercial break when you saw the text about the Quinn Snyder body pillow that you were... You were a year old when the man was hired, so yeah, yeah. maybe your parents got you the Quinn Snyder body pillow yeah. as an infant, but he, f- your first coach was probably the one that you knew was Mike Anderson. Absolutely, yeah, okay. definitely. And, you know, uh, we talked about 30 for 30s the other day with Danny Mack, and the Bobby Knight one is one of the most fascinating. Yeah. That one is like, you're like, oh, my God, there's so much madness, but it was such a quality product on the floor. You know, where's that crossroads meet? So they this excerpt, I, I dug into it last night. It's on Yahoo Sports. And like I said, I linked it on the TMA fan page if you just want to click on it. Um, on the relationship of Mike Krzyzewski and Bobby Knight is something else. It's intense. It's, al- it's almost a tough read because it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of stuff with Bobby Knight is like you read and you're like, ugh, that is uncomfortable so where so let me go before we go in it's almost like talking politics sure where are you on both gentlemen as a big college basketball guy albeit you know bobby knight was pretty much done by the time you were old enough to really be paying attention texas teching when i was uh when i was a young guy uh i mean i think coach k is one of the premier like one of the greatest coaches of all time so you don't like hate on him no 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 i respect the hell out of duke and i respect the hell out of coach k bobby knight uh, I think there's a fine line between being a fiery coach who inspires players and being, I don't want to use like a buzzword like this, but a bully. Uh, I think Tom Izzo is really good at towing that line. I think if you ask any of his players, he would agree. they would agree. I don't think Bobby Knight was, was as good as towing it. But, I mean, my dad would tell me some stories about when he would go up to Indiana and watch some Bobby Knight games. Oh, really? Just, what did he say about it? Oh, it's just like, it, my dad was at the 1984 Olympic tryouts when Bobby Knight was holding them in Indiana and said it was just like the coolest thing he'd ever seen. 
Like, what was cool about it? Just like, because the, well, they're all college players. It was mm-hmm. before that they, uh, just like, and they're like, who's this guy? Oh, it was John Stockton, you know, and Barkley got cut and was complaining about it. I mean, there's just so many cool stories you heard about that. And the way Bobby Knight coached was certainly fiery, passionate, and at times he would go over the line and a lot of stuff he took personally. So I, I don't, I, this may surprise some of the people in the audience. I don't know, maybe it won't. For whatever reason, I have always been a huge Bobby Knight fan, mm-hmm. big time, actually. Um, Shashevsky, I, I, I suppose I respect it, but I don't feel like he's necessarily a personality where no. people line up on a pro or anti side. Um, I think people are pro or anti Duke, and usually most of the case, the latter. Sure. But with Bobby Knight, I feel like, and, and it's interesting in this excerpt, and it's a it's a fairly long excerpt, and the book comes out next week, and I believe it's just simply called Coach K. Yeah, it is by Yino Connor. It comes out uh, in a week. I, I th- maybe I feel this way with with Bobby Knight. I, I feel like he's misunderstood, mm. and and therefore. I, I have some, I don't know, sympathy. Now, at the same time, maybe I'm misunderstanding the fact that he isn't misunderstood. I have, perhaps in my lifetime, in my experience of doing whatever it is that I that I do for a living, an encounter with Bobby Knight that was, I, I've had these two, they both happened like within a year of each other too. I somehow, I don't want to call it buddied up, that'd be overstating it, but had moments, individual moments with both Bobby Knight and Barry Bonds. And I think if you're talking about at that time, and even now for you, Mm -hmm. super young at the time, two of the most from a, I don't even know if you go media, even from a fan standpoint, standoffish is actually an understatement. Two of the most famous Rough. (laughs) I feel like now I'm understating again. Prickly. Prickly is nice. Also a euphemism. Personalities to have that happen. So he would come to Cardinal games because he's close with LaRusso. And I was anchoring on Channel 4 and he was sitting behind home plate. Not right behind home plate, but uh, he was behind home plate. And it was a Saturday night and I was anchoring. And this was all while the whole thing with Indiana was going down. Mm -hmm. It's like May of 2000. And at that time in my life, I'm like, I'm going to go get the interview. Now, 22 years removed, the chances of me getting that interview were truly 0%. <laughs> yeah. But in my mind, at 23 years old, I'm thinking, well, he's going to talk with me. <laughs> so I so I go over to Bush Stadium. The game goes to extra innings. He's The Cardinals win it. I, I believe the Cardinals win it. He's walking up the, the stands. Uh, and, he, and I said, Coach Knight. And then he, see, he looks down. He sees the microphone. Had one of those stick mics and he just kind of like like didn't say just kind of shook his head and held up his hand i'm like okay i get it so he saw me i saw him whatever then i go down to the cardinal clubhouse getting post-game interviews and he he's uh i'm standing around the clubhouse he walks into larousse's office larousse is not in there now this is the now this in his mind i see why he was ready to jump me in my mind i knew what i was doing it's also something i would not do now um but I did do it then. Bobby Knight's sitting there, and I walk into LaRusse's office. He's just sitting there by himself, and he sees me walk in, and he's thinking, this guy is going to ask me again. And so I see, just for a split second, the anger. Yeah. Because he's because he's like, you. Yeah. He goes, you, you did no. you follow me down here? You're going to go? And I said, Coach, I just want to say, you know, I, I, I understand you're going through a rough time, and 
I'm I'm a fan, which is not something absolutely not something you were supposed to say in the media. It doesn't matter if you're talking about Kurt Warner, who is sure. has like a hundred percent approval rating, much less Bobby Knight. It's not something you say. I wouldn't say it now, even if I am a fan, because I'm 23. I'm learning whatever. So I say that, and he say he goes, "Have a seat." So now it's me and Bobby Knight, just sitting there. Oh wow! And I said, uh, he goes, "What's your name?" And I said, "My name is Tim McKernan. I work at." Cam will be here in St. Louis. He goes, you're mighty young to be working in St. Louis. I said, yeah. I said, well, uh, I went to the University of Missouri Journalism School and, you know, very lucky. All I wanted to do was work in my hometown. I got a chance to be here at a young age. He goes, journalism. He goes, don't give me that journalism S. Like, you know, he's immediately yeah. rolling. He's, oh, now he's immediately on. You right, know, right. Now, he's, now he's in. He's in. He's actually he's in character. Form. He's in midseason form. He's yeah. journalism. Don't give me that. He goes, you should have gone to Indiana. We have one of the best, and I don't. I did look at Indiana actually. I think I don't know if it's a journalism school. I think it's communications, but I did know it at a great communications school. Mm-hmm. And we sat there and we talked for a little bit, and then Larusa walks in. Oh wow! And he's look. He walks in and he looks at me like, "What in the hell are <laughs> you doing here?" <laughs> but he saw that Coach Knight was engaging with me, yeah. and so we had you know, and he he let me go, and I was like, "I got to get out of here" because I just felt totally out of place absolutely you know it's like when i walk into a bar in new york city and everybody you know the, the women are five ten in heels and i walk in i look like mickey carroll and it's just like <laughs> all right i need to i need to get out of here uh so i get out and then i think to myself should i have because we had our moment right do you know where i'm going with this should i have asked for the interview then yeah and and i, I swear to you it tortured me that the, the, I remember go, I remember met up with some friends at McGurk's after that. Went right from Bush Stadium over to Soulard and had some drinks with my friends. And I was telling them the story because I felt like it was like an out of body experience. Oh, I mean, sitting there with Bobby Knight, absolutely, just one on one. And he and it's not just by Bobby Knight now, but Bobby Knight at that time was being talked about on network news because oh, yeah. of the situation in Bloomington. Because it was like he's teetering on the brink. Yeah. It was essentially what was going on with Brian Harson last week at Auburn. Except nobody really knows who Brian Harson is outside of at Auburn or Boise State. This is Bobby Knight. He transcends sports. Absolutely. And I'm sitting there with him one-on-one, 23 years old, still have a full head of hair, skin, again, bronze. If there are five-foot-eight-inch gods, I'm a five-foot-eight-inch god. Everything's going on. It's a whole thing. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe I should ask him for the interview. Now that we are, now that we are partners. Right. And I kicked myself for it for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, 22 years removed later, there is no way in the world I should have asked for the interview. Yeah, I think you made the right choice. <laughs> I think you made the right choice. Not a chance in hell would he have, if anything, it would have ruined yeah, the I, moment. I think it would have actually been worse had you asked for it afterwards than if you just came yes. up to him the second time and said, hey, can we please do this? So that's what happened with Bonds. So with Bonds, and I think it was June of 2000, I think. I just, it got to a point where I would go into the clubhouses and when I started out, I'm like, this is going to be great. I'll talk with everybody. And then you realize they don't want to talk to you at all. <laughs> no. And they're not really even particularly friendly about it. No, no, they will <laughs> so not once you're it. accepting of the fact that you're going to get shot down, I remember saying, God, if I were single, this would be great because yeah. I get shot down like a hundred times before four <laughs> o'clock every day. I'm so used to it. I can go firing on anything and just yeah. be like, this will be great. She's going to tell me to piss off. How is she going? Because that's what my experience was covering the Cardinals and other major league teams. So when the Giants came to town, I'm like, this is going to be great. I can't wait to hear how Barry Bonds tells me <laughs> to quote unquote get lost because I can't use profanity here. So I walk up to Bonds in the Giants clubhouse and he's sitting there. 
in the chair, the famous leather chair. I don't know if you recall that it was known that Bonds got a specific chair that had to travel with the Giants. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And so there's, of course, reporters standing around like they would, but I'm like, I'm going to walk right up to this guy, <laughs> not because I think he's going to say yes, because I know he's going to tell me to piss off, right. and I just want to hear how he's going to do it. But I'm not going to like, I'm just going to ask. And I said, hey, Barry, you got a minute to talk? And he goes, he smiles and he goes, what do you want to talk to me about? And I go, I don't know, you're good and stuff. <laughs> was big for you? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I mean, really, it had to be impressive. <laughs> I was so stunned that I had nothing. And he goes, let me take BP and I'll catch up with you. And I go, oh my goodness. So I go back to KMOV. It was right by the ballpark. I said, hey, I think I'm going to get a one-on-one with Barry Bonds. They send a photographer. And sure enough, I do. There's a picture of my Facebook. Oh, yeah. in, in the, the dugout, right? In the dugout. Yeah. We do this interview. He is great. I mean, it's an outstanding interview. It's not because of me. He just was so open. And I remember asking him, like, all oh, these people are screaming for autographs. And I said, you know, we're kind of like, he's like almost like it's a therapy. And I go, you know, if you walked over there and just signed 10 autographs, it'll take maybe two minutes for you. I'm in hindsight. I can't believe I said this stuff. I said, and, and for you, it'll be two minutes. But for everybody who you signed for, it will last the rest of your life. And he goes, man, I don't get paid to do that, though. That's You don't understand. That's what I don't get. He goes, I don't get paid to do these interviews. I do these interviews with you guys. And then you write and say terrible things about me. And I don't get paid to do it. And on top of it, then you burn me. So, it, I, and I have to say, even though I, I talked to some other players about that, and they go, I disagree with that, because the reason why we make the money we make is because the game is out there, and it's kind of part of responsibility. But that was his thought process. And so the next year, he comes back to town. So this is kind of how it has a parallel with Bobby Knight. And, you know, I'm working with Steve Savard and Doug Vaughn at KMOV, and they're like, all right, the Giants are back. And this time now he's chasing McGuire's record. He already has like 50 home runs, and it's right. April 10th. <laughs> And they're like, are you going to get him? And I'm 24 now. And I'm like, oh, this is what they expect. They expect me to get one-on-one interviews with Barry Bonds. Yeah, I know. So I'm like, I'll get it. So he walks up to me on the field, smiling. Barry Bonds is walking up to me, smiling, probably laughing at the fact that, you know, that I could find a suit this small. (laughs) And And he walks up to me and he goes, what's up, man? And I go, not much. I go, hey, can we do an interview while you're at town? He goes, man. And he just turned around and walked away. I'm like, oh, my God. What did I just do? I, I ruined, I'm so dis- I knew right away. He's yeah. like. It's like something when it comes out of your mouth, you know. He oh. thought we had a, we hit it off. He remembered me. And then I went right for the interview. The play, of course, was to engage. Right. I mean, hell, I'm engaging with Barry Bonds. The man has however many home runs he had. He did wind up, quote, unquote, breaking McGuire's, quote, unquote, record that year. And I probably would have gotten it. Yeah. But because I went right for it, yep, yep. and he looked at me just like disappointed. So I feel like I kind of got the answer to what would have happened with Bobby Knight. Although 100%. I don't think Bobby Knight would have just gone, man. No. I think he would have gotten that anger in his eyes when I walked into LaRusse's office and he thought I was going to ask for the interview again. Yeah. God, can you imagine you if I would have asked for the interview for real? <laughs> he would have raised up had I done that. Yeah. This story in this excerpt on Mike Krzyzewski's book, well, it's not his, It's and it's interesting. This is kind of like Armin Katayan's book on Tiger Woods, which is an outstanding read. It's a couple years old at this point. It's so good. It's what the HBO show, if you watched that, was based on. Mm-hmm. I read that book. I read through it like in a day. It was so good that I got the sense that Tiger did talk to Armin Katayan, but the whole thing was Tiger didn't talk to Armin Katayan. I'm like, okay, I guess maybe it's... So this whole thing is both Krzyzewski and Knight did not comment in this book. And I'm like, but how would some of the... How would the author know this stuff? Point being, 
it got so weird with the two of them the night before the night of uh, playing in the final four in 1992 where duke beat indiana and then for years going forward to the point of an army reunion where Knight just didn't talk to Shashevsky yeah. and, and Shashevsky goes, that's it, I'm done with him. And won't even, right? 2015, that's yeah. correct. And he, he's done with him. So they will not talk. But I got to tell you, now that this comes out and now that Shashevsky's stepping down, and I don't know what Bobby, you, haven't, you don't see Bobby Knight much no, anymore. No. I, I could still see, and that's, I guess, kind of what I think of Mike Shashevsky. I think highly of him. I could see him going, I got to talk to him, even though I'll do it one more time. Right, just try. And I think that's the right thing for him in his mind to do and that's what i'd imagine but i would recommend and it's a book i'm looking forward to it's called coach k written by ian o'connor it comes out next week all right you are listening to balloon party this is 101 espn we're right back to the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn welcome back do you know i was videoing you during the sports center update i did not Really? No, I didn't. I, I caught a smirk when you knew you were on camera. Well, I usually smirk during it because I just know how you know how poorly it could go. There's a wide variety of sports center updates. There's some that are really buttoned up, and some that just go sideways fast. Uh, Action Jackson, Tim McKernan, with you to the top of the hour. Then it's BK and Ferrario. Who? What do we have for? So what your grandma think? Uh, you know, this guy is. He's, he's in the running for MVP of uh, what your grandma think. It's a classic clip of the one and only Greg Popovich. Oh, yeah, he's a, he is a good. He, <laughs> he should be a friend of the, the, the it's segment. It's like Belichick, Popovich, and then, you know, there's a bunch. You have to think. Sabin will get you. Sa- oh, yeah, 100% Sabin. Uh, oh, and uh, Tortorella. Yeah, that's a nice play. Yeah. Torts. Hey, Torts. Uh, Tim, I'm a cop listing in my car. Great story about the Bonds interview. That kind of stuff is what keeps me from channel surfing. Thank you. I didn't want to look at the text line presented by Air Comfort Service while telling these stories because if if I would read one like, what are you doing telling these stories? I would have been like, man, I kind of think this is an intriguing story, but I don't want to share it if I'm boring the hell out of people, but I'm glad people were engaged. We've got a bunch of positive. Story time with Timmy was incredible. Thank you. That's been through. I got a bunch of them. I saw some weird stuff, man. I did some dumb stuff. I'm still doing dumb stuff. So make your requests. I'll give you whatever I got. Uh, it's a free-for-all. Saw some really weird stuff but but in order for me to see weird stuff i had to be in the weird places right so therefore you know it's not like i was undercover i was just happened to be there too yeah uh yeah but the bonds and uh bobby knight thing 100 percent true and I, I legit i remember going to mcgurk's going god i missed my chance to ask bobby knight to do an interview he would have done it and there's no way in the world that he would have done that interview you mentioned um uh, Vladimir Tarasenko's night last night. Robert Thomas also with a big night with a goal and two assists. And one of the questions that we've had, and we've talked about with Jeremy Rutherford and when Chris Kerber's been on as well, is about uh, the Blues championship window expanding because of both Thomas and Jordan Cairo. And we've talked about an ability to kind of spot talent, whether it be in broadcasting or in athletics, and what it is that you can spot with Cairo. And I'd be curious what the people listening to think. For me, anyway, watching, um, because, again, I watch the Blues play. Uh, if you want to get an insight on, you know, how things are in Fayetteville with the basketball program, Jackson will take your text on that. That's right. But I watch the Blues play. Cairo, the first moment I saw him play, I go, okay, there's something different there. 
Now, of course, after what happened in the skills competition, you go, well, it's speed, but it's not just that. There's something different. And the question is, when assessing or trying to predict an athlete's talent, what are some under-the-radar traits that you notice that can make a difference in a player's eventual success? And what are some of those players you noticed early, and who are some that you were wrong about? So I feel like one that now I, I try to start everything at 2000 because if I go too far back, we lose right, a, a portion right. of the younger audience. Jamie Drew was the proverbial one uh, that uh, across baseball people were high on. Yeah. And I think you can say he had a very good, if not great, career. And if he were just a guy coming up, I think people would probably call it great or at the very least very good. But because the expectations were so high, that's what it be. Yeah. That's what it becomes. Michael Porter, for example, to bring it more currently and near and dear to your program, for the, sure. the Fighting Tigers Bobblehead Columbia. Night last night. It was Bobblehead Night. I guess they had a sense that they'd have an, an Ottawa-like attendance at right. Mizzou Arena, so they get brought out the Bobbleheads. For the Arkansas game, speaks volumes. You're playing your quote unquote rival and you got to bring out a bobblehead night. Yeah. Uh, but either way, digressing, that would be one where, of course, it was a disappointment, but that was an injury related disappointment. Still a disappointment. Yeah. And I, old and, school Missouri fans would go Tony Van Zant. Yeah. It's not like he was a bad player. He got hurt. Well, with MPJ, you look at what kind of, because injuries are different. Back injury at his age, oh, my not goodness. good at yeah, all. It's brutal. Not good at all. Uh, some in between would be Colby Rasmus, yeah. um, Tyler Green. Yeah, I don't know if Tyler, I don't think he had near, but you're right. I mean, he was always like a great, if there was, if there was a quadruple A baseball, he was that. Right. You know, he was so good at the minors and he'd come up, he wouldn't be any good. Um, you know, in St. Louis, with regard to the Rams, there were a wide variety of players that had a bunch of hope. I mean, Bradford would be the A number one. Yeah, Tavon. Yeah, people were excited when he was drafted. I remember Tyoka, who's a friend of this show, if I'm not mistaken, he came on with us. And he goes, I just don't get drafting a f- moving up to draft a five. This was after the morning after the draft. Right. Drafting a 5'8 receiver. I'm like, what's wrong with being 5'8"? <laughs> I can line up in the league. Uh, but what traits? That's the question. Like, Kyrie, okay, anybody, even if you don't watch often, can go, wow, that guy is faster. That guy flashes. But that was the thing that excited me. Like, I'm like, wow, this guy is at another le- level. The trait that I feel like is the the, the tie that, that binds, and this is beyond sports. It, it can be in music. It can be in media. It can be, you can be a lawyer, an accountant. You can be a doctor. You can be at whatever job it is that you may have. If you have, and in a way, I almost think it's not a pleasant way to go through life, but if you have a thirst to be great that cannot be quenched, there is a good chance that you might wind up being personally unsatisfied, but getting the most out of your ability. Yeah. If you follow that. No, I hear exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if you're constantly striving for greatness and never feel like you're ever, never feel you've gotten there, you've probably been as great as you could be so this is this is somewhat obscure it's obscure as you'll, you'll immediately recognize the name but you'll be thinking of his son more than him fernando tatis now mm. your people think of fernando tatis jr right, right now but fernando tatis signed a big contract with the cardinals and put on a bunch of weight and was never the same they wound up trading him to the expos and that's how they got dustin hermanson and the governor steve klein but i remember tony la Russa saying it's kind of odd considering this was an on-the-record comment uh, he goes, yeah, that happens sometimes. Guys get their contracts, and that's it. They're done. They're motivated. They've they've reached their goal line, yeah. and that's their motivation, and that's what happens. And so, for if I just say, so I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. Put you on the spot. Best athletes of the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. 
who, who immediately comes to mind? LeBron, Michael Jordan, uh, Steph Curry. Uh, We're very basketball-centric, I'm noticing. <laughs> Fernando Tatis, Mike Trout. Uh, Tiger is where I'm going. I'm trying, I'm trying to set you up for Tiger. But Tiger, Tiger, Jordan, LeBron, I think people would yeah. agree with that. I think Brady is in that category. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if people necessarily go, but it'd be successful, whatever, sure. however you want. I'm probably, oh, Michael Phelps. Yeah, 100%. Would be one if you want to go 100%. outside of your, your standard. Ford Mayweather. Um, I think what all of those people have is a fire that it's just never good enough. There is, in the case of Jordan, I want to be the absolute greatest of all time. In the case of LeBron, I want to be the absolute greatest of all time, so i got to be better than Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Tiger's case, it was Jack's, and still be, I don't know, my goodness, would it be a story if he could actually get to Jack's yeah. major record. Right. Tom Brady, just he had these. That's the thing, because once, oftentimes, you will see what happens after a team wins a Super Bowl, for example. That's why you don't see a whole lot of repeats. Yeah, is it's kind of understandable psychologically that it's like, okay, we've reached our goal. You exhale, you take your foot off the gas, right? And so, in the case of specific, we're talking about these two young blues players, which may extend and probably should extend the championship window, which is great news for fans because you know this is an organization that's going to do whatever it can to win. Super refreshing. That in the case of these guys, if they continue to have their feet on the pedal, that's a great thing for the blues because then they're going to continue to excel. And that's kind of the one thing that I that I, yeah, I realized the 2020 season was a mess because of what happened with COVID and that the Blues were at the top and then you had COVID and then they come back and play the Canucks and it's like, oh yeah, they lost. But it was in August and nobody really was paying that much attention. But the thing that I will take away from the 2020 season and now what you're seeing here, just a couple years removed, they won the cup. And yeah, certainly there's been some turnover but it's not like the organization or even the players who are on it, they have, have gone, okay, well, we got it, and now we're going to revert. The Canadiens, and granted, that was a flukish run to the cup final. But, I mean, it's just it's, it's imploded just like that. The 2001 Rams were an incredible team. Had they won that game, would be talked about as one of the greatest teams of all time. Forgotten is what happened in 2002. I believe they started 0-6. 0-6 for that team with that roster. It's unbelievable. That's what happened. Now, yeah, London Fletcher wasn't a part of that team, and that was a big loss, but a lot of it was the same, and it went 0-6. So what I'm talking about is the psychological elements of greatness. And so when you see raw talent, and Jordan Cairo would fall into that category of raw talent, it's the case of capitalizing on it, number one, but then once you do achieve greatness and or your goal, not taking your foot off the pedal. That is how you actually wind up being one of the all-time greats, and so few people have that trait. Like I said, I think it's probably not a real pleasant way to go through life. Probably not great for personal relationships, because it's very difficult to also be a great husband and father while you're in the gym or while you're constantly working out. You're kind of like, I'm going to play another year. I know I'm 40 and I've won six championships, but I'm to go again it's difficult but that i think is the tie that binds and if you can find that in an athlete that to me is what stands out i am telling you this it's the first year since 2007 i won't be at spring training in jupiter it is absolute fact because i don't necessarily worship at the altar of yadier molina not because i'm down on yadier molina i'm just i don't know who i'm really necessarily worshiping at this particular moment but i see it with my own eyes when we are at spring training and we're setting up to do the show 
Yadier Molina is absolutely the first guy there. And as a matter of fact, oftentimes he goes off-site to work out at a gym that has more equipment so he can work out. And then he goes and he runs around Abaco, which is the neighborhood where the Cardinals uh, stadium is. He's consumed, which is why I just don't necessarily think he's done after this year, because I just can't imagine him be that fire still burning too intensely for him just to shut it down. But either way, that's what you look for. So that's the trait. I don't know how you identify it, but maybe it is seeing the guy who shows up early and leaves late. Sounds cliche, but that's how it winds up working. You are listening to Balloon Party. It's 1054. We'll break. We'll come back with someone your grandma think. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, I went, I went way too long with story time. That's that's what happened. So I don't have so what your grandma thing. We'll have to save it. What we got? We'll have it tomorrow. Yeah, That's on me. I told BK and Fry, I said, I'm not going to be the guy taking up your time. So I got to, in principle, I have to get out. Bad clock management on my part. Uh, we're, we're, you know what? We're going to shoot and fix that. We're going to shoot and fix that clock management. I apologize. So what your grandma think will make a glorious return tomorrow? BK and Ferrario up next. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.